1: And welcome to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by www.us.cision.com, whose world-famous Bacon's Media Database is updated more than 10,000 times per day. Take your PR to the next level. Now, here's your host, Maureen Kettis.
2: Welcome to the show. I'm your host, as the man said, Maureen Kettis, and um, today I have a, a woman who's going to teach us to get tough. No more babies. No more crying. There's no crying in PR. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> my guest today is president and founder of Denha Media and Communications, which is just outside of Detroit. Um, she's a, it's a full service marketing PR consulting firm, um, and she's also a professional speaker, an award winning journalist, and an author. And she's a producer and host of a weekly show called It's Your Community on 96.3 WDVD and 93.1 Doug FM. She's also co-founder and editor-in-chief of the Chal- Chaldean News. Am I saying that right? Yeah, the,
0: the Chaldean News. Chaldean News.
2: Oh, boy, I slaughtered that. Chaldean. And reporter and news anchor, <laughs> and um, she also has a, a, a weekly show she hosts uh, called Secrets to Good Health. Welcome to the show, Vanessa Denha Garmo. Maureen, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm really glad you were able to make it. Um, Let's start with, you know, what I always like to start with, which is, you know, how you even got started in this field, because um, you seem to have such a varied background. So tell me
0: how you got started. Well, I start, I started out as a reporter, and uh, I was in Detroit, I went to school in Detroit, and I did a couple internships, like you uh, should do when you're in college, uh-huh. and I landed a couple jobs. I did some cable work and some print media work, and then I landed at a pretty uh, large radio station here in Detroit, owned by ABC. Mm-hmm. And I was a reporter for the there for nearly ten years. I uh, did a lot of health reporting and uh, created my own show called Secrets to Good Health, and created the Health Style Reports and. Uh, Then I went on to be a press secretary to a local elected elected official for seven years before I went on um, my own to start my own company. So, yeah, varied background, but I think it was a great uh, learning experience and kind of solid ground to do what I am doing today. Because I was on the other end. I was a reporter, and so I knew what What uh, reporters would look for. Mm
2: -hmm. Right, what makes good content. I mean, we've had, you know, I would say about, 30% 30% of the publicists that, that we've interviewed on this show are, have a background in journalism. And I think it's, it makes sense. But, you, you know, I always feel when I'm out there as a publicist that, uh, you know, sometimes we're the bad guy. Not the bad guy, but we're the seller. We're selling and they're buying. Exactly, yeah. And um, I always, I'm always i always surprised that these journalists want to become, go on the other side. What do you think was the impetus for you to switch over?
0: You know, um I, a couple things. One, I just I got burnt out for being a reporter. It's it's very tiring. You're up all hours of the day. You're on demand, twenty four hours seven. And I just got tired of it. And the the industry was changing a little bit. It um, there was a huge retraction in the industry, especially in our area, because the economy. And I always wanted to work in government and do become somebody's press secretary. I don't know why. I just did. <laughs> I just thought it would be kind of fun to do this and learn how government works and politics and. So that's how I got into being on the other side. And it's funny because my boss always hated me using that term, oh, I'm on the other side now. Um, (laughs) I I do think sometimes being a reporter is is very helpful being on the other side. And sometimes I think it's a detriment uh, because sometimes you're way too critical of what is a news story and what's not. Right, right, right. And and you're embarrassed from, yeah, you come, and, of, of, yeah, really you come from a publicist background. You, Maureen, you tend to get a little more creative sometimes. You know, there's some reporters that are so stringent that right. it's hard for them to think creatively. And I'm not trying to put them down. It's just you're so you think so much like a reporter that it's sometimes the hard things like, how can this be fun? How can you really get someone's uh, attention without thinking this has got to be the headline news story? Right. Whereas I'm like. Celebrity
2: cheese. Next up, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like pushing. Find a spin. Find something. No, yeah. but we have the dilemma too, as you know, of of um, you know, you know, you don't want to burn out your your contacts. You don't want to you no. know, be known for sending junk and crap, and you want yeah. good quality content. So, you know, the dilemma for a publicist is, you know, do I sign a client if I don't think they have a good story? And you know, the answer for that for me I, anyway is no. I can't. I can't sign you if you know, you you don't have something that I think people will buy because otherwise they waste their money and then you get a bad reputation as a publicist. So,
0: Well, I think that's where your ethical ethics come in, and yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I don't promise something. I don't over-promise and under-deliver. I just don't function like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I think along the lines of two things. You make me think of a couple things, Maureen. When I was a reporter, uh, my news director got a little frustrated at one point of some some of the stories that were going on the air. And when I walked into work at 5 o'clock in the morning, like I did, uh, I saw these little posty notes taped to all of our computers, and there was a question that was posed to every one of us. And my news director said, that if you can't answer that question with this answer, then it doesn't go on the air. And the answer was, the question uh, was what? our listening area. And the question was, who cares about this? You know. And you have to ask yourself that question. When a client comes to you with a story, you have to ask yourself, well, who really cares about this? Right,
2: right, right. You
0: know, and... And I don't believe in a one-size-fits-all package. I, I stopped doing this a long time ago when I worked for an elected official. I don't do mass press releases. I don't write a press release out and send it to 200 clients, you know, 200 contacts or whatever. I really um, pitch. I mean, I get on the phone. I tailor press releases uh, that I think uh, reporters would care about. I get to know what reporters cover, what what they've covered recently, what you know, I think mistakes that I saw in P- I mean, as being a reporter is that I would get business stories pitched to me all the time, and I'm like, do you not listen? I cover health,
1: right. <laughs> you know?
0: So I, that, those are right. big mistakes I think people make when they don't tailor uh, their pitch to the reporter and to the media outlet.
2: And what a great way to get the reporter's ear, you know, is if you, are, you, you know their work a little bit. You're familiar with what they're buying. And you say, "Oh, you know, I saw that story you did on X, Y, Z, and you know, I thought this was right up your alley. I mean, it's a great, it's a great entree. That's really smart. But you know, it's interesting because I know you have a lot about you know speaking and, and things on your website, but the power of of the, the phone call. Can you talk about that a little bit versus uh, the power of an email?"
0: i do both and i'm going to tell you why one when i when i make a call to a reporter i always acknowledge the fact that i know they're probably on deadline and busy and working on another story and i always say to them some of them i know really well and uh, you know i'll chat it up with them and ask how their kids are because i know them some of them i I don't know them and i'll say you know i know you're probably on deadline or i know you're really busy or is this a bad time you know i just need like 30 seconds of your time and they really appreciate your you acknowledge that they're busy because they are they're reporters and they've a lot less resources today than they did 10 years ago. So, um, I will make that kind of pitch. I do emails, but I always follow up an email with a phone call just to say, "Hey, I just want to make sure you got my um, my my press release or my advisory. If you can make it, great. If you can't, you know, just let me know or whatever." And I make it very short, sweet and to the point. Right. It's like and the elevator the pitch because they are busy and if you don't acknowledge and respect their time, they're not want- they're not going to want to take your call ever right. again. Right.
2: So you're dealing a lot in the, in the local and regional markets of your area.
0: Yes, I am a lot. I've done a little a little bit of national pitch, but mostly local and regional. I, and I focus a lot on the healthcare care industry. I kind of fell into that just by the nature of having been a reporter covering health. And the people in the area, the hospitals in the area, know that about me. Uh, and I know politics really well now, too. So I kind of fell into that little bit of that niche, but not uh-huh. totally in that niche.
2: That's wonderful, and and, and um, do you, now, do you ever get clients that have a local product or service that say, hey, I need national or international coverage, and do you take that on, or do you pass that on to a colleague?
0: I've done both. Um, you know, I, I've gotten a few clients that uh, have authored some books. I don't take a lot of authors. I know... Uh, a couple publicists in the area who are very good. Uh, one in particular is an excellent publicist when it comes to authors, and he's got contacts all over the country. Re- great relationships with New York, and so we we share clients. Like he'll pass something on to me, and I'll pass something on to him. And I think it's good to have relationships like that in our industry. Uh, if you're sometimes you have a conflict of interest, and you have one client, and somebody comes to you wants pretty much the exact same thing. Well, that's a conflict, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't take on two, you know, doctors that are doing exactly the same thing want the same exact pitch. Right. Because um, I think that's just, it's unethical and it, it's a complex. So I'll pass it on to a colleague.
2: You know, it's funny because, you know, I, I also have represented doctors and I don't ever take on two doctors that have the same specialty. But there are there are firms, in, especially in New York, that specialize in, doctors but in in certain kinds so there'll be like 10 plastic surgeons you know 10 facial plastic surgeons in one office and they go there because they think it's specialized it's going to help them but actually it's a hindrance because if you're pitching allure magazine on a a new facelift and you've got 10 people that could do it who do you decide to pick
0: yeah and the answer is who pays
2: the most is is what these terms do yeah, it really does get unethical, but they, they think it, you know, the clients think it's a, a you know, it's a, a gift, you know, it's a, it's, a, yeah. it's a necessity where it's actually hurting them. Yeah, I always try to... Well, they actually, them. they created a little, they they
0: created their own little PR buzz making people think that, Maureen. Right, right. That's
2: true. <laughs> really? <laughs> Never know the a publicist. No, we're very, we've actually talked a lot <laughs> on the show about ethics and, and um, authenticity, and it's amazing how many people are, you know, I think uh, publicists used to get a bad name, but now it's the lawyers, but... Um, there's, you know, it's ethics and authenticity. Really, rule our business. You know, the, mm-hmm. now with new media, the authentic message really comes into play. Um, so we got a, a good background on you. On you, and um, I want to talk next about. You know, we're going to take a break in about a minute. But I want to te- talk, you know, talk about your how you set up your company, who who's involved in it, what kind of clients you have, the services that you um, that you provide for for uh, clients. And uh, what your future goals are as well. So um, we're going to take a break, um, and we will be back in a word, in a minute from these words from our sponsor. What am I tongue tied today? Now <laughs> spit it out! Spit it out! I guess it <laughs>
0: sounds today. good. It happens. It happens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What is whole person healing via body, via mind and via spirit? It's a dedication to the widest selection of healing practices worldwide whenever possible. Hosted by Professor Rustam Roy, a noted materials scientist and the founder of Friends of Health, who will be here each weekend with the most in-depth information about whole person healing from the world's leading practitioners, spokespersons and major supporters for this viewpoint. Tune in every Saturday at noon Eastern. 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. You want to know the inside scoop on how today's leaders do business? How they hire and develop top talent? How do they retain top employees and customers? Tune in to Leadership Leverage on the Voice America Business Channel. Every week, Dr. Robert Denker will offer ideals and facilitate discussion with guests that will help shape today's up-and-coming leaders as well as established leaders in their fields. Listen for Leadership Leverage every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Thank <laughs> you
2: Well, thanks for staying tuned in. I am on with Vanessa Denha Garmo, and I'm going to give you her spelling of her name with her website. It's uh, DenhaMedia.com. It's D-E-N like the cave. Ha, H-A, Media.com. So check out her website because it's a very fun, cute, adorable website, by the way. Oh, thank you. So um, welcome back. So we we got a little background on you, a backgrounder on you with, uh, you know, our first uh, segment. And I want to talk now about uh, how you set up your company, the history of that, and and, um, what you guys are providing, what kind of services you're providing there.
0: Well, I've always had um, Denham Media uh, for the last few years because I would get requests. Uh, For people that need it, it started out as me needing to set this up to do voiceover work. And I set this up a long time ago, and then it evolved as people would come to me and say, hey, you know, I really need help with this. Can you write a press release? Can you get this out for me? So I started doing a little thing on the side in the last five to seven years, and then I knew that eventually I wanted to be on my own. And I'm a firm believer in uh, utilizing people who are better at things than you are, Um, So I just started bringing on somebody that knows social media better than I do, but I understand messaging. So you combine talent, somebody that's very tech-savvy, with with somebody with my background that understands how to strategically send out messages. Um, So I started bringing on people uh, that I use. I have a very small company, but I utilize a lot of resources in the area contracts and, and freelancers, and there's so many talented people who write really well who understand social media, and that's how I plan on strategically growing my company is over time, mm-hmm. uh, utilizing these people. I just believe in surrounding yourself uh, with talented, very smart people who are smarter than you. You just know how to lead lead the way.
2: So, okay, so you started your company not really planning on being a big PR company. No, I but never planned sort of a- on it. It, it kind of like kind of just evolving it. Mm-hmm. But um, t- talk to me about because it sounded like an anomaly to me when you when I went on your site and I saw voiceovers and I was like, how does voiceovers tie into this business? It seemed like an
0: offshoot. How does
2: that play into Denha Media?
0: Well, it's it, that's what I started out doing. As eventually as I started out Denha Media because I needed an entity. Ironically, it sounds really weird, Maureen, but for tax purposes, I needed a company for my voiceover work. Uh, as an LLC for tax purposes, and that's how it kind of started. And then people started asking me for help. So um, when you're dealing with media and public relations, you fall sometimes into ask to write advertising for people, commercials, and then people will ask you, well, can you just voice this for me? And I started, uh, I also do video production, so my voiceover work falls into the video production work. Uh, The little mini documentaries I do or the news packages I do for various companies, you know, either I'll find a voice talent for them or they'll use me as the voice talent. Um, and I've done quite, I've done about, about 30 of them in the last few years of mini news packages that various companies have hired me to do to promote their company or product uh, at a certain event or on their website. And I ended up using my own voice to package those um, pieces.
2: Wow, I mean, that that's, seems like an unrelated field, but that's cool. But obviously it kind of does make sense because of the reporter background.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, exactly. Having been a reporter, I fell into doing voiceovers and it just kind of evolved into something else. And when right. I started doing video production work at, in part of the company I do, in my company I do multimedia production and, you know, along with doing presentations and video presentations for people, we do um, uh, videos for people if they need them. And often you need a voice talent to, uh, for the package.
2: Right, right. Interesting. And you've got that perfect Midwestern accent, which is what all oh. the advertisers want. <laughs> That's what I Thank you. So they say. Okay, so let's talk about, let's go, I am in your on your website, denhamedia.com, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking and I want to know, it says, I go to the services tab, and let's just go down them and, and learn what you do. So I've got
0: corporate events. Tell me about that. It what tides, you do with, well, corporate events ties into, as you know, it's public relations when people are launching mm-hmm. a product, a service, an event. Um, a couple of corporate events I just did this year is I did a corporate event for a local hospital who brought in a health minister from the Middle East to talk about uh, collaborating on pediatric medicine together. And so that was an international story. And we held an event where he came in and spoke to certain uh, dignitaries and uh, other health professionals in the area. And we got some national and international coverage on that event. Um, So that's that's one you know. Corporate events tie into PR, you know, as you're launching something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this happened to be a visit from a health minister. Nice, nice. And is that is that a big part of your company, or that's
2: just that's a smaller?
0: It's a smaller part. Um, you know, I've done a couple pretty significant events this last year. It's not something that's a huge part. Um, what my part of my company that's really growing is my speaking, um, my public speaking, my workshops. That's growing more than anything. All right. Well, um, the media I,
2: I wanted to ask you but, about that, so let's 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 get into it now, since we just made the segue. So, tell me about the. You have four different workshops, so let's let's learn about them.
0: Well, my favorite and this all ties into communications aspect of Dunha Media and communications. Mm-hmm. It's to me, even though it's a full service company, I you know my focus a lot has been lately on the training and the media training. Um, people can try to get interviews, but they always don't know what to do when they get them mm-hmm. and how, you know, how to be interviewed, uh, mm-hmm. both on radio, television, and print, um, you know, how to talk in sound bites or in quotes so mm-hmm. the reporters could pull something valuable from your conversation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, how to, you know, look good on camera, so to speak. Um, so I do media training, um, in terms of even inflection, your voice, um, And so that's an aspect of one of the workshops I do. It's it's amazing how overwhelmed people get with interviews. When I was a health reporter, the people that got the most nervous, which was shocking to me, Maureen, were doctors, and they were the most. So funny, they used to say
2: that. I've had a lot of problems with doctors. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That makes sense that they'd be nervous (laughs) uh, in, in media, but not you know not slicing a body open, but. In, you know, in, in a uh, television interview. Oh, and they're, and they're usually, they look like the deer caught in the headlights. I've had that I night. know.
0: And they would always get the most nervous. I, w- I had my health show when I was, you know, here in Detroit, and they would get the most <laughs> n- nervous. And I, and I finally, I, I said this to every single one of the doctors who would come on the show. I said, listen, you have to talk to me as if I'm a patient. You are the expert. <laughs> Once you just forget that there's, you know, it's a 50,000-watt radio station heard in 36 states and you're just focusing on me being a patient, they would calm down. They're like, you're right, I am an expert. I know this stuff. <laughs> and that's how they would finally relax. So, you know, I tell people when I'm training them in media, you know, you know your stuff, and if you don't know it, then you should be interviewed. Right. You know, you should be the one talking about this.
2: Right. And don't, don't use a script, you know, heavy-duty script. Talking points is always good, but not a script. Oh,
0: people would come with notes, and i be like, oh, no, you can't read that. You cannot. They would want to know all the questions ahead of time, and they mm-hmm. would come with paragraphs, and I'm like, no, 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 that's not going to work. You're not now reading how, the how questions do you, on um,
2: there. How do you advertise your own workshops, and how do you get people there, and how many come, and how often are
0: they? Well, I, you know, a lot of it's been word of mouth and pitching to, you know, my um, – contacts um, and I also do workshops which really helps some speakers don't agree with me on this but I and some think it's a great idea I do workshops at like local community houses here or uh, you know little venues because what happens is their newsletters they send out go to thousands and thousands of households and if people can't make it to that workshop they call you up to bring you into their company mm-hmm. and that's been a great marketing tool wow. um, because they see your face in this little community, you know, newsletter, but they may be the CEO of some major company, and they want to bring you in. Wow. So that's one, that's one technique I've used. You know, and I use a little bit of Facebook on that, too. And then a lot of it has just been referral and, you know, word of mouth. And I teamed up with other speakers. You know, a couple friends of mine are going to create our own uh, media training workshop um uh who but we both come we both come from media backgrounds and they have their own media training workshops and we're going to combine and and kind of reach out to all of our contacts so wow. that's another way is to team up with other people in the business
2: right and and those kind of contacts are who who's who's providing the demand for media training who are these
0: people that need this and what kind of contacts Well the people that need media training are people like uh, who will be interviewed. So there's lawyers, there's CEOs. I'm doing a media, I'm doing a training coming up. One of the trainings I'm doing is for lawyers, and it's actually my stand-up speak-up training, mm-hmm. but I'm going to put a little bit of media training in that uh, presentation to those attorneys because a part of stand-up speak-up is knowing how to speak to reporters. Yep. And a lot of, if you look at attorneys, for example, a little bit of their conversation goes on in the courtroom they 're speaking to legislation they 're speaking to town hall meetings they 're speaking to the media they 're speaking to lo- all kinds of people you know in classrooms and universities and people think all oh, they're speaking is happening in the courtroom well that 's not true you know' they speak all over the place right and right. um and it's so funny because lawyers will tell me they they make the worst public speakers in, <clears throat> unless you have like a theatrical background like some attorneys in the area do but so I've combined, like, media training and Stand Up Speak Up to target attorneys uh, who need help with their public speaking. Okay. Well, tell it's us funny. about, since
2: we did the media training, tell us more about Stand Up Speak Up, what, what goes stand-up, on in that workshop.
0: Stand Up Speak Up is a workshop on how to get comfortable in front of uh, whether it be one person or, you know, hundreds of people and basically delivering your message. And what mm-hmm. is that message? So not only packaging the content but how to deliver it Mm -hmm. and so you could be a salesperson learning how to perfect your sales pitch Mm -hmm. when you go out and speak to people one-on-one on on the phone or you could be you know a CEO who just got promoted to that position who's going to be doing a lot of talking within the corporation or traveling around pitching your company to various groups of people it could be attorneys you know do you have them doing uh, you know Exercise They do exercises. they it's a very interactive workshop. You're, you I'm not sure. Yep. Yeah. I'm just um serious. for for example, you know, one of the you know, having done my research on talking to attorneys and what as I was putting together my stand up speak up uh workshop for attorneys is attorneys sometimes do not do a very good job in understanding the weakness in their own case. So what I'll have them do is we're gonna get you're gonna get up and you're going to deliver your you know, closing arguments, your your intro arguments, and you're going to tell me, you know, you're going to be the other side and tell me what was the weakness. What would you pound yourself about in your own case? Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at your case on the other side, what would you get yourself on and deliver that to me?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because in, in order to be a really effective speaker, you have to know your topic yeah. really well.
2: Yeah, the other side, knowing the other side we're... Seem to be talking a lot about the other side, making the switch from yeah, journalism the other to PR, having lawyers, yeah. uh, you know, go to that's a, that's a great. I mean, yeah, I think it's it's a wonderful idea to have uh, lawyers train and doctors. They're notoriously the worst on camera and in interviews. All right, I'm getting the music from Mr. Justin Jackman, my engineer, and uh, we will uh, take a break now, and we will come back in a few minutes. So stay tuned. Uh, we'll be right back. <music>
1: Show.
2: Welcome back again. I'm on with my wonderful guest, Vanessa Denha Garmo, and you can see her at denha.media.com. She's president and founder of the organization, Denha Media and Communications. Welcome back. So, uh, we were talking about these, these uh, workshops you do that sound. I mean, they sound fun. Um, I want to hear about this one. I can't resist it. It's called Tung Fu Bully. Believe. How to get along okay. with difficult people? Wow! I bet everybody in the world could use that. So tell, <laughs> tell me
0: how Fu, it started and what what is that? How fun! I can't. I cannot take the credit for tongue Fu because it was created by a woman by the name of Sam Horn, who is a fabulous speaker and author. And because Sam, this is actually how I I got started into doing workshops too, was through Sam Horn. I met her at a writers conference many years ago in Maui. Mm-hmm. and she created this workshop, and she actually asked me if I wanted to um, be certified to do her workshop for her when she when, in parts of the country she can't get to. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I'd love to, because I've taken the workshop um, for five. I was like, this would be so great to take this mm-hmm. workshop. So I took the workshop. I knew exactly what it was all about, and she certified me. She trained me and certified me to do her workshop. And it's basically how to diffuse Anger before it escalates and dealing with very difficult people. And it's all all about language use, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, using the words, you know, you should have done this or you should have done that, you know, or um, the word, for instance, people don't realize this, the word but cancels out or negates the sentence that you said before it. So if you said, you know, I really liked what you did the other day, but... Right. You know, da-da-da. people didn't hear the first part where he said, I like what you did the other day.
2: Right. I, li- so I really like was... what you did the other day. Wait, but, wait, yeah,
0: wait. And.
2: So, <laughs> yeah, and. So, I wanted to talk to you about something.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you please
2: use deodorant in the office? <laughs>
0: it's always like, you know,
2: something. Oh. So,
0: Kung Fu is all about how to diffuse people's anger mm-hmm. so it doesn't escalate into a major argument and learning how to get along with people better and how to deal with difficult people who try to, you know, make, challenge you. And then there's a portion of it that deals with bullies. And bullies have a whole other language all on their own. And you have to speak to a bully in a bully's language or they don't hear you.
2: Or as my grandma said, bully a bully.
0: Yeah, you have to bully a bully. It's the only kind of communication they understand. And, and so that workshop is primarily on tongue-fu and diffusing, you know, anger, and then mm-hmm. we do a little bit about when you're dealing with bullies and what do you do then.
2: This seems like a class you could uh, have kids learn, uh, learn from. I mean, I, I know with uh, my own kids, I always try to get them, you know, start with a positive if you want to say something to somebody, you know, and then only talk about your feelings. Don't say, you know, you did never and you don't. Just say, you know, I feel this way. But mm-hmm. wow, that's uh that's something amazing. And and are yeah. people is there a demand for this? Is this a workplace problem that you're finding that you're you're getting a lot of calls for this kind of um
0: work? You know, I'm doing this more in community. This is where I do it at the community house. I found that I it's funny. I got quite a few calls in the last year for people within organizations wanting me to bring me in to talk about this, but then it got nixed at HR or Mm -hmm. You know, their bosses didn't want it because they were so sensitive, saying, well, we don't have difficult people here. You know, we don't have bullies here. And so I realized that this workshop is done better if I go through community organizations that bring me in, and so different people come in from different backgrounds to take Mm -hmm. it, versus me being brought in by a particular company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, even though I've had quite a few requests, I would go in, sometimes I would go in and actually... Do a quick little presentation and explain it and then it would be, you know, some boss would like, oh no, people are gonna think that, you know, we don't get along here. And, yeah. and well, so what if it's or, what if
2: it's, you know, um how to deal with difficult clients. You change it to like the others <laughs> they're not on your team, but then you can, you know, manipulate. You know, that's actually that. a good point. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <for laughs> Another
2: free idea here I'm at DR Insider. You.
0: <laughs> Thank you for your uh, that's that's a that's a couple thousand dollar idea there, more Oh, good. Yeah, well, we, I
2: gave I see I give it least. away. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Jewish New um, Year, so I'm just going to give uh, give. <laughs> that's wonderful. So that's um you know that's that's great. Um, okay, so we we talked about your workshops. I think that's really exciting. And during the break, we were saying how it would be really cool if you put some of them up on your website, either for free or for a small fee, so people all around the world could benefit from this i'm sure
0: yes i'm gonna to have to look into that document. figure that but you can
2: never videotape attorneys i tell you
0: i had a no, video I camera in my, in
2: my yoga class and, a, and like five people walked out and they're all they were all lawyers because they wouldn't sign the waiver it was pretty funny
0: oh that is hilarious
2: <laughs> so let's go let's go to okay we talked to corporate events you also do crisis communication at your company so at denha for our listeners mm-hmm. uh tell us what what crisis communication means to you and, and how you uh, manifested in the business.
0: You know, I was, I was listening to your interview with Kinsley and it kind of reminded me of crisis communication because I wrote a blog about, you know, Mel Gibson's mm-hmm. kind of PR disasters going on. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a firm believer, and I love what Kinsley said about using, you know, social media to help with cra- kind of crisis communication and if Mel or Tiger Woods, you know, had been a little more savvy on Twittering and uh, just diffusing people quickly on social media sites. It might have helped them. But I think that one of the biggest mistakes I just experienced working in government and working with issues with crisis is people wait too long, and if you don't speak, someone will speak for you. Right. and um, that's all,
2: That all goes back to the, the fundamental thing about PR. It's controlling the message. If you're the first one out, that's the message that's going to go out. Um, exactly. So, Yeah, so social media really comes into play.
0: I mean, we saw how Tiger Woods took how many days to even address his issue. And so, and I think if you're out there with social media and Twittering it just really quickly and being authentic about it, it, you're right, Maureen. You send the message out first, and you diffuse the rumors, uh, you diffuse the, you know, escalating into something bigger than it has to be. Right. Uh, Also with crisis media, you know, just, be honest, apologize, you screwed up, say it, admit it, you know, right. um, the this, the the trying to hide it is always worse than the scandal. The cover-up is always worse than the scandal. And I think that's another mistake people make is they think, oh, my gosh, we'll cover up, we'll say this, we'll say that. See, I won't do it. You know, I'm not going to be a PR person that's going to lie uh, to the public, to the media, to the reporters. Because the truth always comes out, and I think you really have to be authentic and just admit you're human. You made a mistake. We're going to, have to clean it up. We're going to move on. Um, so I think a lot of people can learn from crisis management, crisis uh, PR, and combining both traditional and social media. Right.
2: And and I always emphasize too, don't forget about the traditional media because it's very important. In fact, you can use the traditional media uh, hit. You know, when you get a placement or something, and then. Go crazy with that on the social media, you know, at publicize yeah. it again. It's, yeah. it's great. They feed it into each other. Okay, so we all know what marketing is. I'm looking at your website, DenhamMedia.com, but I see marketing. We all know what it is. But uh, just give me a. Brief rundown of the marketing department of your
0: of your organization. I combine my marketing with my PR. I'm not a marketing company per se. I don't get into a lot of the advertising or doing market research or anything like that. I, I'll I'll send it off to somebody else if that's a request that comes my way. But um, you know, you could we do brochures um, in terms of content. I have graphic designers I use. Uh, I've done political brochures for candidates running for office. Mm -hmm. It's just a combination of managing the message. So you combine your your PR with your actual literature that you send out to people in direct mailing or out in the community. So that's where my marketing comes into play. It's part of a strategic plan. Are you going to put, you know, a client that I have, I do, you know, I help with their blogging, uh, their web content, their marketing brochures, uh, and their traditional PR. That's, you know, one client I'm I, dealing with right now that's a fitness center in the area.
2: Nice. And, I, and I, you know, it's interesting you just created this, this monster of a business within this sort of regional market. It's very interesting to me because we're always thinking, I don't know if it's because we're, I'm L.A.-based or I'm on with New York, and everybody always thinks sort of global, and you've made this amazing foothold in the area. And it's really a powerful message. You know, maybe some of us need to think more. You know, in a, in a, in a globally, well, not more yeah. locally, regionally, and yeah, really yeah, be a yeah. powerhouse in a regional I mean, regionally.
0: Yeah, very exciting. You know what I did it to, Maureen. I think it's because I wouldn't say would ever do anything nationally, but I think I would probably send it off to people who do that more than I do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll do some of it if clients come my way that are both regional and national. In fact, there's one client I just put a proposal together that's national only because I was dealing with the regional people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, the regional company here. But I think it's because I got to know the town so well, born and raised here. I was a reporter here. You you build up huge value in that. I mean, just a huge value. I mean, what
2: you can provide for somebody in that area, you know. Thank you. So, okay, we talked about your multimedia. We talked about your PR. Let's talk about the right message. Uh, we have about two minutes before the break. I want to
0: learn about that, so go ahead. Well, the right message to me is your writing style. Um, nothing drove me crazier as a reporter when I'd get a press release that had typos in it or it was grammatically incorrect or, you know, or you, you go to websites – Maureen, and I'm sure you see things and you're like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe this is up on a website. Right. Um, and it drives me crazy. And believe me, I have made my mistakes. I don't read my own stuff, even though I've been a print reporter for nearly 20 years, print writer. Um, I believe in getting great editors and great proofreaders. Yeah. And knowing how to write your message that makes the point, gets the point across being consistent and concise. So not only understanding grammar, but understanding the message that you're sending out. So we help consult. Um, you know, I have writers who work with me that help consult on web content, uh, you know, grammar issues, and or even if you need like brochures or reports written, we have writers who we work with who can write those for you. Right. Um, you know. And also, writers, and also
2: that point that you, you know, said was on the post-it note from your old boss that said, you know, would anybody wanna? Read this. Or yeah. Would anybody care yeah. about this message? All right, yeah. Justin, man, he's cutting us off. It's just getting juicy. All right, well, we're <laughs> going to be back after um, a break and uh, more with Vanessa Denha of Denha Media. Welcome back again. This is your host, Maureen Kettis, and I'm on with Vanessa Denha uh, Garmo of Denha, D E N H A, Media and Communications in Detroit. And um, I did get some questions, so if I don't get time to do them all today, you can certainly go on her website, denhamedia.com, and um, contact her, and I'm sure she'll be happy to answer your questions. So um, we talked about, you know, a lot of your services that the company provides, and it's an interesting mix with the voiceovers and the multimedia and the marketing and the PR, but it, it, does, it makes sense when you uh, explain it. Um, so let's talk about what I, one of my favorite topics is mistakes. So let's talk about mistakes in PR and then mistakes in, in social media. So, so, so go ahead and tell me what you see people doing wrong.
0: Well, well mistake. going back to... Um, asking the question, who cares about this? Everybody thinks their story, their product, everybody wants to know about. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest mistakes I've always seen is not knowing who cares. Maybe somebody does care, but it's not going to be, you know, the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times. It may be your community paper that cares about this. So understanding who cares about your message, your product, your service, whatever it is that you're trying to pitch Uh, People trying to write their own press releases, they think they can go online and write, you know, get press releases for dummies and put it in the format and, you know, just do a mass fax and mass email out thinking they're going to get a media pitch about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a a mistake, too, you know, and not, uh, you know, looking over what really, what should be in the content. You know, you have to write a press release like a story. You know, tell me the story. Tell me why I care. Tell me who this is affecting. Right. so, And that's traditional media. Uh, and typos, you know, it, I oh. got a press release. I'll tell you this, Maureen, you get a kick out of this. I got a press release from somebody locally because of my Chaldean News uh, publications. People send me press releases to get in the Chaldean News. So I got a press release, and about an hour later, I get another press release from the same person saying, Revise press release. Oh, about 45 God. minutes later, I get another press release from the same person about the same press release saying, Please read this version. And I get another, and she had like within a day, had sent me four different press releases because she had so many mistakes along the way, (gasps) and the same Uh. press release. And I said, "Is she kidding?" I just deleted it. I didn't read it. I'm like, I'm not reading this. Right. I mean, yeah. It's just. (laughs) Oh, that's so unprofessional. It's awful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It, it, It was. It was laughable. And I actually called somebody who works with her. I'm like, please, 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 stop her. Next time. Yeah,
2: you can't spend <laughs> until you've had many people look at it. Read it out loud. I used to tell my um, employees, read your read your press release out loud. Let's, let's hear it. You know, is it grabbing me? Yeah,
0: yeah that is, that's so, a great, 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 yeah. a great idea. Although I've Very had,
2: I, I did have, the, I have one mistake story that is kind of funny. I had a. I sent out a press release once, and this was the old days when you had to fax them. Remember this? When you were oh, there? yeah. I mean, you're probably too young, but we had to stand over there. It wasn't even digital fax; It wasn't even high speed. You have to stand over there, and then mm-hmm. the paper would jam. So one day we sent out this release, and only half the page went through to some, it was a major outlet. I can't remember. Maybe it was AP or something. Mm-hmm. And they call. They're like, hey, we didn't get page two. And so now I've got them on the phone, right? And they're calling yeah. me. And it was because yeah. the page two didn't get through Otherwise, and I turned it into a story that went everywhere, got picked up everywhere, because I had, the, had that minute to pitch.
0: Yeah. Okay, so,
2: so let's go to uh, mistakes in social media. What do you see as some people doing wrong?
0: You know, I've become... A, I become an observer lately of social media because I was just curious what other people are doing and how other people are kind of pitching on social media. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I came across, and I actually wrote a blog about this, is don't bash your boss in your workplace on Facebook. (gasps) People do. Uh, Yes. People were talking about how they hate their job, how they hate the people they work with, how they hate their boss on Facebook. Mm. And I'm like are people insane people even though your boss and your coworkers may not be your friend on facebook they may have friends that are know you that are on facebook that are your friends and in fact i know of a woman that was bashing a place that she worked at and she worked at a hair salon and her boss found out about it because her they had a mutual friend that was her friend on facebook oh. and i so don't Get personal. Don't criticize. You know, don't start criticizing on Facebook. It comes back to haunt you. And people have always said it. Employers look at that. Well, you know what? Possible clients look at what you're putting on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know people you might be working with, you want to do business with, are looking at things that you're talking about on Facebook. So I think you have to be very cognizant in terms of PR on Facebook. I think if you get too pitchy and too like oh, my gosh, go to my website or, you know, buy my product or read my book, you know, when you're not subtle about it, you're not giving people teachable information or something no. that's worthwhile knowing, um, people are going to just tune you out or block you off Facebook. Right. Um, and so that, I think you, know, you have to be, you know, you have to be careful. And if you're going to pitch something, you know, tell me, teach me something. Right. Teach me something that you're teaching others that I care about, that I want to learn about.
2: And on the flip side, I think, you know, I've been telling clients, because I have a, a couple clients that don't have any presence whatsoever, because their their business that they do is, is sort of co- covert. It's, a, it's it's something that they don't want people to share. You know, it's like mm-hmm. people that deal with bankruptcy and things like that. So they they want to yeah. keep it kind of quiet. But no presence is not okay either, because the first thing that people do now is look you up on Google. That's it. The first thing yeah. anybody does is, and if you don't have a presence anywhere, you don't have a website, you don't have a Facebook, you're not social media at, al- at all, it doesn't mean you have to be Twittering every minute, but you've got to have some presence. Otherwise, you just don't exist anymore, I think.
0: You're making a great point, Maureen. You have to have some presence. You just have to be careful about what you put on that right, presence. Right, you know? right. I, a perfect example, I was reading a newspaper article the other day about somebody that was accused of killing his wife. This happened in the, the Metro Detroit area. And the reporter was referencing the person's Facebook page and what they learned about that person on Facebook. And I said, yep. oh, wow, this is a new way of media, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they do. They instantly, yeah.
2: uh, you know. So, so um, before we close out the show, I just want to hear um, what's your, what are your sort of future plans for the growth of your company? Um, and I know you have a, a little girl, three years old. and Yeah. And what, you know, so what are your plans for Denha Media?
0: I really want to grow my workshops. I really want to do more of that. I love getting in front of people. I love the professional speaking aspect mm-hmm. of what I do. Um, not that I don't want to continue doing PR and marketing, but I want that part to grow and, and hand that over to some more of my, you know, employees and, and people I bring on to do that. But I really want to grow my speaking. I, I love that aspect of what I do, and I love the workshops. I love the teaching aspect of what I do.
2: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And um, we did get a bunch of questions. Um, I, I hear one. What should you not be tweeting
0: on Facebook? You know what, I personal stuff. You know, I wouldn't you know, you could do fun stuff, but don't do anything too personal about your life. Uh don't don't violate information of other people. Um, you know, and don't get too uh unless you're a political consultant or a you know, a, a speaker on television, you know, a con, a commentator, don't get don't start getting too political and bashing, you know, other you know, uh, certain political leaders because employers look at that you know, uh, other people look at that and say, oh, you know, they hate Republicans, oh, they hate Democrats, oh, they hate Obama. Right. You know, keep some of that stuff to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, your I really do. Media. I think it's a mistake when you start getting right. way too political on, right. on on social media sites.
2: Well, listen, we're, we're going to be uh, wrapping up the show, but for those of you who, um, uh, you know, tuned in late, it's denhamedia.com, D-E-N-H-A, and um, I just want to thank Vanessa for coming on today. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you,
1: Maureen. And if anyone's listening from Detroit,
2: look her up. And um, I also want to thank uh, John Missel, my executive producer, and Justin Jackman, uh, my engineer. Thank you very much. This is your host, Maureen Kettis. Have a great week. Don't forget, relate to your public, whoever they may be.
1: Thanks again for listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by Cision, helping communications experts navigate the sea of social media. Visit them on the web at us.cision.com. And make sure you join us again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Have a great week.